plan, protect, and preserve so you can have peace of mind. That's the motto of Steve Davis and Sean Toll of Davis Wealth Management, the hosts of Your Healthy Retirement, also featuring Peter St. James. Today we're going to be talking about the, and I assume this is an acronym, uh, the SECURE Act, and I'm sure SECURE stands for the Sure Exception Conscious Unavailable Residence Environment, right? <laughs> wow, you sound oh, like it's you're not in an charge. acronym. It's, it's a real I, thing. I love when people can bring amusement to finance. <laughs> oh, so the Secure Act is a real thing. It's not an acronym. It's a real thing. We've actually talked about it on the on the show before. Oh, um, and as we mentioned many times on the show, look at taxes are at an all time low. Oh right gosh, now. yeah. Okay, with the Secure Act. There's now a new 10-year rule that can create tax headaches for IRA heirs. And this is what's come about, uh, okay. was it 2020 when the SECURE Act? Uh, it was 2019. 2019. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Just let me interject while I'm thinking. I, just on IRAs, or are we talking on estates? Uh, you know, uh, On any money that has not been taxed. Okay, okay. Right. So those are your IRAs, your 401ks, your 403bs, your 401as. Okay, that's what I'm wondering. POs, so, those, yeah. those okay. types of things. 457 plans, right. those, all, right. all those. So any money that's out there, they want their piece. The, well, the government does. Yeah. Um, okay. And you know, clients sh- should really consider, you know, the beneficiary designations on all their accounts to ensure that the accounts pass to their heirs in the most tax-efficient way possible. And you know, with the Secure Act. In the old days, we used to do what they call a IRA stretch or a multi-generation IRA stretch, where when, not the spouse, because if you're a husband and you leave your IRA to the spouse, the spouse can continue it the same way that, that the owner had it, Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. which is not a 10-year payout. It's it's over their life that they could take the money But what out. if I skip her and went to my kids? Correct. That's where the game change has ah, occurred. okay. And so what's happened is, is they require... And if my wife is listening, I wouldn't do that, honey. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. But (laughs) what they require now is that the uh, contingent beneficiaries, if they take on an inherited IRA, that this money is now paid out within a 10-year period, okay? Not a multi-generation or stretch IRA fashion. Understanding how that now becomes a a tax issue because now what you're doing is, as opposed to spreading it out over a 25-year period, Mm -hmm. you're taking less money, especially if you're still working and you're younger. Now you're going to be condensed over a 10-year period. You're going to end up taking more money out in a shorter period of time. And how does that affect you and your taxes? Okay, If you're still working, how does it affect you even if you're retired and collecting Social Security? Because it could be an effect to that. So there's going to be implications to this rule when it comes to taxes, and you want to know, understand it's complex, and there's a lot of things going on, and that's why we always push people, you know, to to give us a call and you know have a 15 minute consult with us about this type of information, so they understand what the impacts will be. All right, so so hang on. So what hap- There have to be exceptions. What happens if somebody's 55 years old and they have an eight year old child? They, in their will or their trust, don't leave the money to the spouse, but leave it to the eight-year-old, yeah. assuming that the eight-year-old's not going to get it till they're 25. But now, all of a sudden, we have an eight-year-old. Do they have to spend the money within 10 years? No, no. There are exceptions. Um, ah, as Steve, Exceptions to the 10-year rule. 
uh, would be a spouse, which Steve uh, has mentioned. Right. Uh, if you leave uh, the money to a disabled or chronically ill individual, they don't have to use the 10-year rule. Okay. Uh, if you leave it to the, um, if it's your, your son or your daughter mm-hmm. um, that's a minor, they don't have to do that. Um, or if the beneficiary is um, 10 years younger than the deceased person. Right. So if I pass away at 65 and leave it to a 54 year old, they don't have to take the 10 year uh, the 10 year rule. If they're 55, 56 within that 10 year period um, of my age, then they would have to take the 10 year withdrawal. And think about how this could really impact somebody. Let's say you leave uh, a significant sum of money to your son or your daughter who might be a uh, um, high uh, high earning uh, attorney, for instance, that makes okay. three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a year. And you leave them five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars. When they have to take that six hundred thousand within ten years, that's really going to have a huge impact uh, on them because that just gets included as income in their taxes. Right. Uh, so you'd be paying that at a very high rate. So there's some things you can do as an IRA, four hundred one k owner, um, if you're concerned about this. Some things you could do include a, a Roth conversion. Right. So if, if I'm, um, you know, own this account and I'm worried that leaving it to my son or daughter is going to be have tax issues for them, I can start doing conversions, take it from the IRA, put it into a Roth. I pay the taxes on it now. But then when it gets left to them uh, through my estate, right. they don't have to they're not subject to the 10 year rule and they don't have to pay taxes on it when they take it out. Is there a separate tax rate on this or is it the, whatever they're paying, the, ben, the the people who are getting the money, what they're paying? So the beneficiary gets their, let's say their their W-2 is $200,000 uh, and they get the a million dollar um, IRA uh, right. uh, left to them. And let's say they take $100,000 out in the year one, that 100000 gets added to their income on their 1040. Oh, it does. Okay. It could put someone in a total okay. different tax bracket. Absolutely. That's that's, the issue. That's the issue. It can push you into a higher tax bracket and therefore not doing the proper planning, you know, that could be a wake up call, especially if we see tax increases uh, on the tax bracket side come into play to start paying for some of the debt that... Well, of course there's going to be changes to the tax. I mean, the way I'm looking at government now, there's got to be changes. Mm -hmm. I mean, where it has, as you said, historic lows now... I don't, th- and I don't, and Peter, to be quite honest with you, I don't care if it's a Republican or a Democrat. Eventually, we're going to have to start to pay down the Absol- debt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the reality of it is, there's two ways to spend da- reduce debt, and that's to reduce spending. And I've never seen Washington do that, mm-hmm. or increase tax brackets mm-hmm. and increase taxes. And mm-hmm. that's where we're going to head it eventually to solve this problem. Right now, if somebody is 62 years old uh, and they want to do a Roth conversion. And let's say they've got five hundred thousand. Can they do the whole five hundred thousand for Roth conversion, or can they only do a certain amount each year? They can do as much as they want, Peter. But if you did a five hundred thousand dollar conversion, that would be five hundred thousand dollars in income that you would pay taxes on, mm-hmm. plus whatever else you had. Ow. So we right, work right, with okay. our clients, and we we basically look at what their other income is determine what tax bracket they're in, and then f- basically f- plug the hole, right? So if there's $30,000 left in that bracket, let's say, let's convert $30,000 over, you're going to pay it at that rate, and you're not going to uh, bump up into that next tax bracket. But you can do all of it if you want it, Ooh. or as little as you want, as frequently as you Does, want. But uh, Steve, we, I know we've talked about this before. Does it make sense, if you're sitting on a 401k, does it make sense right now to take some of it? And, and do Roth conversions, pay, the, pay yeah. the taxes now and get it over with? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. And 
I don't think there's a just a blanket answer for okay. everybody because everybody's different. Everybody's incomes are different. Everybody has a different feeling on you know what their tax brackets are. You know, if you're in the 12% tax bracket, you can do a Roth conversion and keep yourself within the 12% tax bracket. You may want to do that, and then you then you can also do a calculation and say, okay, well, what if we do this amount? Well, then you get pushed into 22. Everybody's going to be different, but keep in mind. These numbers are going to change anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's either you pay it now or you pay it later. Um, Everybody's going to be different on that question. Everybody's going to have a different feeling on how they want to pay their taxes. But now you're paying them on your terms. So my Mm -hmm. opinion is, you know, anybody out there should be actually just at least educating themselves on this and understanding what the impacts are, what the benefits are, what the, you know, you want to know what the pros and cons are. I just wanted to hit on one other thing on that 10-year payout. Yep. Uh, for the IRAs, inherited IRAs. Right. They don't have to take it out over equal payments. They don't have to take it out, you know, say if it's $100,000, you don't have to take $100,000 and divide it by 10. You could actually take out 50000 one year, 25000 25000 Oh, okay. So, you know, if, if you have a project that you've got to do at home and, you know, instead of going and putting it, you know, into a credit card or something because you don't have the money, maybe this is the way to, to fund something like that. You really want to explore all your options when it comes to the ability to take this money if you're fortunate enough to inherit money. Well, let's go to the other side. My math isn't too good. I forget stuff. So I don't take all the money in 10 years. Is that a problem? You better pay attention to it. If you if there's any money left in there after 10 years, you're going to pay a 50% penalty on it. Ooh, plus ow, plus ow. the tax. Plus so, the tax. Plus the tax. So pay attention to it. Oh, Get that out within the 10 years. The 50% plus the tax? Plus the tax. Oh, baby. Okay. And, I'm going to be wicked smart when it comes well, to here's that. The, Peter, here's the other thing. Okay. You have that issue. Then let's just say you have kids getting ready to go to college and you inherit money. Yep. And you have to start taking it out over 10 years. It changes your income. Okay. And so if you're trying to possibly apply for financial aid for college, mm-hmm. that could be a game changer. So my right. kids shouldn't talk to Dartmouth or St. A's until after this is done or, or, or before. Well, <laughs> you want to do your homework and understand what the impact has based on where you are in your life and what you're trying to accomplish going forward. But I mean, gosh, I mean, couldn't you go to the financial institution and go, come on, this is what I make. This was a one-hit deal. I mean, it doesn't. they don't care. Not for that year. You yeah. have to reapply probably wow. again for financial aid the following year if, you're, right. if, you, if your income situation changes. Holy moly. So this, even... this is where the, the IRA owner, um, who's getting on in years, can think about uh, how the money they may leave to their beneficiaries, how it will impact them. So instead of leaving the entire amount to their son, Jeffrey, maybe some goes to Jeffrey and then they allocate a bit to Je- you know their grandchildren. This way the grandchildren get it. They're not subject to the 10-year rule. They might be able to use it for college. It doesn't impact uh, Jeffrey, their dad, um, taking, you know, adding on to his income. So there's, you really got to speak with a, an advisor and really think about how to lay out these beneficiaries um, to try to minimize the taxes on them if that's important to you. Well, it, it, and it should be because it, it, it seems like a benign thing to do. You know, I'm, we just need a beneficiary. So, honey, I'm going to make, your, as my spouse, I'm going to make you the beneficiary for everything. And then when I die, you can figure it all out. But you really need to figure it out ahead of time. Absolutely. Too many people, when you ask who you want them to list as beneficiaries, you kind of feel like you threw them a curveball because they're <laughs> like, huh? Well, 
it's my wife, obviously. I go, right, yeah, the one sitting next to me right what here. If, yeah. What, what about <laughs> after that? What if, what, what if you guys preferably get hit by the moose in the backyard and you're both dead? Mm-hmm. Now where does it go? you got to have contingents. Do you leave it to your trust? What do you do? What's the impact of taxes? What is this? You want to work through all that. Wow. And you'd be amazed at how many people will only list just a primary beneficiary on their 401ks and or even IRAs and don't have contingents, which is a major mistake, okay? And uh, not just on those accounts, I would be looking at checking accounts, savings accounts, any type of account you own that you can list a beneficiary, make sure you've done the right beneficiary designation that fits what you're trying to accomplish with your financial plan. Now, now what's the invest uh, savings vehicle for college? Uh, 529? 529 plan, yeah. correct. Okay, 529. So can I earmark or could some of that money be earmarked to a 529 so it's not going to a person it's going to an investment vehicle so i don't have to pay taxes on it you know what i mean i'm trying to i i'm, I'm looking for an exception here if if i die instead of uncle steve and the kids get a hundred thousand each money is diverted to a 529 college plan do you still have to pay? I need to look in that. I don't believe you can fund it that way. I oh. do believe you need to fund it while you're living. Mm-hmm. But C brought up a great term, a trust. You could set up a trust where you can dictate in that trust how much goes to grandchild Allison, how much goes to Jane, how much goes to your son, your daughter-in-law if you want to leave her. You can get this all laid out in the trust. So when you do depart, it's all written down exactly how the money is to be distributed who and when and when yeah and it's when when we have clients visit and they come in one of our first questions is do you have a trust and if they say no i said we're going to continue our conversation but the first thing you're going to do when you leave here is go talk to an attorney and work on a trust mm-hmm. yeah it's amazing not just the trust the will all the durable right. power of is a durable power of attorneys for finance and health care right it's amazing how a lot of people don't have that information. Well, ha- haven't done that work yet, mm-hmm. and they're in their forties. You know, yeah. And, and it, you know, it's important because you just never know. And there's so many things that can happen. The other thing that this can impact is your Medicare premiums, oh. which people don't realize. Oh, so much to consider. I yeah. can see that. Yeah, because it's increasing your taxable income, and your Medicare premiums are income based, and you could. Ex- absorb a surcharge if you add to your income because what they actually do is they look at two years back so let's say oh, you i thought had, they just took the 30 years snapshot no 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 not uh-huh. for the premiums they're uh-huh. looking at what your income was two years prior oh and so ouch yeah it's a it's a quirk of that of that code when the day you apply for medicare they say all right two years ago what did you make Okay, now if it was over a certain amount, you get a surcharge. You're like, well, yeah, that was an anomaly. I made a lot of money that year. I never in my life, it doesn't matter. You doesn't. made that two years ago. Yeah. You can file for uh, um, an abatement, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that's the rule as it's written. And, and it's not easy. So in other words, if you are a, uh, you know, a son and both the husband and wife get killed and you're the contingent beneficiary and you decided, okay, well, there was a $250,000 IRA and you know what? I needed $50,000. Well, that $50,000 gets added for that year to your taxable income. Mm-hmm. And if that year is two years prior to you applying for your Medicare, you're going to see an increase in a surcharge on your Medicare okay, premium payments. Okay, hang on. Now let me extrapolate this out. <laughs> I'm 72 years old and I take my RMD. 
my required minimum distribution. Is that going to be factored into it too? Where it's in- now all of a sudden it's income, mm-hmm. right? Right. Man. It's income. Come on, guys, you're, you're killing me. <laughs> uh, don't blame us. Look at Washington. Wow. <laughs> and wow. really, you just need to sit. I, but and I never go even thought about this. this. I'm sorry, until you said that. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, the required minimum distribution, I'm still alive, mm-hmm. I start taking the money, depending on how much I take, that could alter? Yeah, but the, the required minimum distribution for most people is not that big a deal in the sense of the overall income, and you have to go but look at- But it's still- It is. You, you a bump go, in income. It is, but you have to go look at what the income thresholds are that will bump you to pay premiums on Medicare. No, no. This is what you have to look well. at because I'm calling <laughs> Davis Wealth Management. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And it's a complicated situation, and a lot of people don't even take that into consideration. But listen, there's there's a lot of solutions out there for for it, right? I mean, we, we cover them in the, in the office when you come and sit down. You know, you should examine your you know your own tax picture and determining the best course of action when it comes to distributing the 10 year window. Current account owners should take action to minimize tax implications for their beneficiaries. There's things you can do. Clients with multiple heirs may wish to leave traditional retirement accounts to someone who qualifies as an EDB or who has a lower tax bracket. And EDBs are those ones I, I mentioned yeah. before, a spouse, a, spouse. Ill, a chronically ill child. Those are the exceptions. Yeah, the exceptions. Right. The exceptions. Uh, Roth IRAs are subject uh, to that new 10-year distribution rule, just to make everybody clear on that. Right. Mm-hmm. So you are going to take it out as an inherited Roth IRA, even as the uh, beneficiary, non-spousal beneficiary, you're going to take it out. It's over 10 years, but that money is not taxable. Right, right, because it's a Roth. They still want it out in, in a 10-year So there period. is no off-the-shelf answer for anything. No. It's a very complex topic, and you really have to hash through it individually with you and there you go and whoever you're working with you've been listening to the your healthy retirement podcast with steve davis and sean toll of davis wealth management if you have any questions don't hesitate to reach out call 888-333-3818 or go online to daviswealthmgmt.com And don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you listen to shows. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Davis Wealth Management are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. 